Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Please put your Bibles in your hands as you remain standing. In old church fashion, we're going to read a text together, and that is Psalm 148. We'll read from verse 1 to 5. We'll read responsively, meaning I read verse 1 and you read verse 2, and we just proceed that way. Verse 1 says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Verse 2, everybody. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light, everybody. Praise him, you heaven of heavens and you waters. Verse 5, let's read together one to go. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command our desires in worship and adoration. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you even for the things that we're trusting for. Yes, we might not be where we think we ought to be, but we are not where we used to be. And so we are full of gratitude and adoration. We incline our hearts to your goodness and we judge you faithful. Thank you, Daddy. Glory to your name. Who have we in heaven besides you? Amongst the gods, who is like you? You are glorious in holiness and fearful in praises. You do wonders in our lives. You are a faithful God. We can count on you. What a joy it is to be called your children. For behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called sons of God. We are sons of God. You have taken away the fear from our hearts. And so we cry, Abba, Father, you are enough for us. You are enough for us. You are bigger than all our troubles. Bigger than all our mountains. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When you show up, mountains keep like lambs. When you show up, the river is parted. All oh, the earth trembles at the sound of your voice. The Lord reigns. Let the earth tremble. Thank you, Daddy. We boast of your faithfulness and of your goodness. Thank you, Daddy. Zephenendo Cates. Limande Rato Vahates. Zumene Kapatevratizo Sakaposes. The psalmist says, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no river, for thou art with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. He says, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We are untouchable. We cannot be harmed. The psalmist says, when the enemy came against our flesh, they stumbled and fell. 
our God has arisen. Let all his enemies scatter. We are not defenseless. We thank you, dear Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Amen. Celebrate him one more time. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. So this morning, essentially, we're answering the question, why should I be thankful? Why should I be thankful? And I'm answering that question with three answers. I'm giving three answers to that question. Or better put, three dimensions of thankfulness is what I want to share with you. Because every answer will take us to a deeper reason and a deeper motivation for thankfulness. And the first answer that I have for you to the question, why should I be thankful, is because he is God. He is God. And before I build my case on that, I just want to run through everything. So he is God, number two, he is good. And number three, you can trust him. So I want to start from the first, he is God. That text we read, Psalm 148 from verse 1, it says, praise him from the heavens, praise him from the heights. Praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him stars of light. Praise him heaven of heavens, praise him waters above the heavens. It says, let them praise the name of the Lord and then it tells you why. He says, because at his command, they were created. Listen, he commanded and they were created, so they must praise him. So when we praise God, we acknowledge his greatness in creation. There must be a symphony of all created things in adoration for the creator God. The psalmist said, Psalm 150 verse 6, it says, let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. So breath is enough reason, enough motivation for praise. Psalm 100, and, Psalm 100 from verse 1 to 3, it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. It says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. And that it is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You see, the fact that God is God is reason enough for us to thank him. And the consciousness of his existence as creator should fill our hearts with humility and command our servitude. One more time, he says, he made us and not we ourselves. However, acknowledging that God is God is not enough. Acknowledging his existence is not enough. As important as that may be for thankfulness, it is basic. It's a good starting point, but our devotion ought to be deeper than that. There must be deeper reasons for our gratitude and our thankfulness. And James gives us the reason why 
You know, just acknowledging the existence of God and that being your motivation is not deep enough. In James chapter 2 verse 19, such a powerful text, very resounding. And this is one verse that made me suspect that James could have been a Nigerian. See for yourself. He says, you believe that there is God? Go on and clap for yourself. He said, you have done well. You believe there is God? You've done well. He says, but the devils also believe. Oh, you believe there is God? Even devils believe that. So that's not enough. Devils believe there is, the devil believes there is a God. Demons believe there is a God. They may not worship him as God and honor him as God. But they do believe that there is a God. And he says, oh, you believe that? You tried. But even demons believe that. So your devotion as a true believer ought to be deeper than that. And you know what? Factually, we don't always thank people because we truly appreciate who they are and what they've given. Has it ever happened to you that you were given a gift and you know in your heart of hearts you will never use this thing in your mind? You're like, oh, I wish you asked me before you got this. Ah. I see the effort, I appreciate it, but I'll never use this. You know, I, some of you are pretending like you don't know what I'm talking about. And guess what? You still say thank you because that's the cautious thing to do. Out of courtesy, you say thank you. Have you ever visited an, an, an aunt or uncle, especially the older ones? And then you make the mistake to say, oh, for the past few days, I've been having runny nose or cough and so they just dig into their archives and bring one concussion the back of iroko tree mixed with sugar you know and then honey that has been reserved for the past 15 years and then you just mix it and they say you know what this thing is very good and you try to avoid and you say ah thank you sir thank you man you say oh come on below me And you're looking, just the sight of it, you're already afraid, like, how is this going to taste? Oh, my God. But you have no way to escape. And guess what? Even though you're going to drink something that you really hate, what do you say? So sometimes, thankfulness is, you know, out of courtesy. So just... The concept of thanking God because he is God, that, that might be out of courtesy. But it might be out of contempt also. The Bible says they draw nigh to me with their lips, but your hearts are far away. And so that matters to God also. You might be like Job. Job looked around and he, his estimation of everything that was happening around him was this. I have been faithful. I go to church regularly. I give regularly. And yet, everything wrong is happening to me. God is to be blamed. That was his estimation. And, you know, superficially you read the story and you commend Job. And say, ah, Job really tried. Despite all he went through. He did not curse God. You don't know that he did that out of self-righteousness. That, well, because you are God, nobody can challenge you. Continue doing what you're doing. That was what he was saying. Let me read to you Job chapter 27 from verse 1 to 6. 
By the way, I have a more extensive teaching on Job um, that is different from the general idea. I want to advise that you go get it. James, I beg your pardon, Job chapter 27 from verse 1 to 6. It says, Job continued his discourse saying, As God lives, who has deprived me of justice? As God lives, who has deprived me of justice? And the Almighty who has made me bitter. Imagine what this young man is saying. He has deprived me of justice. He has made me bitter. He says, as long as breath is in me, and the breath of God remains in my nostrils, my lips will not speak unjustly, and my tongue will not utter deceit. I will never affirm that you are right. He's saying this because people were telling him, listen, all these woes you are experiencing, are you sure you did not open the door to the enemy somehow? He says, no. I will maintain my integrity until I die. I will cling to my righteousness and never let it go. This is a self-righteous guy. And my conscience will never accuse me as long as I'm alive. So you say, well, God, I will praise you because you are God. But even you and I know that right now you don't really deserve her. And you might not be that extreme. But some of us act as if that's the reality of our lives. It's not enough to acknowledge or thank God because he is God. God doesn't want your devotion to be just solely because he is God. He wants your devotion to be because he is good. Did you hear what I said? And that leads me to the second reason for thankfulness. Because God is good. Listen, we have an invitation. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is what? That's the invitation that we have. Taste and see. Don't just follow me and acknowledge me because I am God. But because I'm good. And I want you to see that. I want you to acknowledge that. You see, consecration is a default response to revelation of the goodness of God. I take that again. Consecration is a default response to the revelation of the goodness of God. And all through the Bible, you see this consistently. How God lures us to consecration with his goodness. Even in the old covenant, do you know that God did not give the law and expect people to obey just because he is God? It wasn't just because he is God and therefore he must give rules and regulations that must be obeyed. It wasn't because of that. I want to show you something you probably have not paid attention to. Look at Exodus chapter 19 from verse 4. We'll read verse 4 and 5. Exodus 19, 4 and 5. Pay attention. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. That's what he said. Listen, this was the precedence before he gave the law. He says, you've seen what I've did, done. You've seen all my goodness. I bore you on eagles' wings. I brought you to myself. You've seen it. Verse 5. He says, now therefore, in view of my goodness, in response to my goodness, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a special treasure to me above all the nations of the earth, for all the earth is mine. You see the flow of thought? Listen, before God 
even communicated any instruction or any expectation to the children of Israel. He had done many miracles. It was solely on account of his promise and his covenant to Abraham and his relationship with Moses. All they knew is they were um, subjected to the servitude of Egypt. And then one day, one guy named Moses came, dropped the rod on the floor. He turned to a serpent, picked it up. He turned back to a rod. And he said, I have a message from God. He says, I will let you go. I will bring you out of Egypt so that you can serve me. And even if they didn't really know this God, or in fact, they didn't really care about him, God kept showing them his goodness from sign to sign and from wonder to wonder. And eventually, they find themselves in Goshen, and it's dark, and there is death everywhere else. But in Goshen, there is light, and their lives are preserved, and all those things are happening. Eventually, now it's time to escape, and they're standing in front of the Red Sea. Moses stretches out his rod. He does this while the people are complaining, and then the ocean parts. And then they walk through. As they were walking through, the Egyptians tried to follow. But then the oceans closes in, in on them. And then they drown in it. By the time they got to the other side, no one needed to cajole them. The Bible says Miriam took a tambourine and burst into thanksgiving. All oh, that men should praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. He has broken the gates of bars. Turned asunder the bars of iron. You know, the goodness of God makes us respond with gratitude. And that's what God wants. Like I said, there is an invitation in God to taste and to see. The same thing we see in the New Testament, Ephesians 2 7, a very popular text in this church. It says that in the ages to come, Ephesians 2 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. God likes to show his lavish kindness so that he can lure us into a life of loyalty. That our devotion will not just be dutiful, it will be delightful. He's good. I see his goodness. I see beauty in his nature. And so I'm going to follow him. My charge to you this morning is this. Learn to document the goodness of God. Learn to document. It's a biblical culture. The documentation of the goodness of God. Listen. This text says that in the ages to come, he might chew. That means God expected the stories of his goodness to be told. This was one of the reasons he chose Abraham. He said, I know Abraham, he will tell his children. What if you had that as a culture? That the faithfulness of God in your life, you pass it down as a tradition to your children. I'm telling you something I know a little of. Once in a while, my father will sit us down and tell us stories. Of the faithfulness of God in his life. I've told you some of them before. There was a time, you know, someone in his office was um, determined to end his life. 
and got some charms, placed it on his chair, on his chair. And you know how those chairs are in the office? You know, they're tucked in under the, under the table. And subconsciously, what we just do is we draw it in the morning and we just sit without watching. There was a charm there. So he went in his normal fashion, opened his office, you know. Actually, there were three people in the office, you know. And he just opened the chair and was going to sit down and he felt arms on his shoulder physically stopping him from sitting down. So he turned, what is this? And then he saw the charm. Only God knows what might have happened. Come on, are you with me? Now, when, when, a, when a father tells his children that, that's, that's very important for the formation of your faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? We must learn to tell our stories. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 6, it says the things which were written aforetime were written for our learning so that we through the comfort of scriptures may find hope. Patience and comfort of scriptures may find hope. See, so we must learn to trap our testimonies. That was the legacy of the Bible. He's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Israelites called him the God of our fathers. So the stories of Abraham, the stories of Isaac, the stories of Jacob were passed from generation to generation. That's a culture we must have. You know, if they ask you all the things that are wrong in your life, you know them, you don't have to think. They are on the tip of your fingers. You have them on the tip of your fingers because we document our problems. How about you learn to document the goodness of God? Let me tell you something about us. We are more forgetful than we realize. We move on too quickly. And so a lot can be happening and you don't even see it. Lately, I've been thinking about the goodness of God to us as a church, for instance. And if you don't really stop and pay attention, you won't see it. Yesterday, I put on my social media, by the way, um, if you don't follow me on social media, forget all I've taught on salvation by grace through faith. You're not making heaven. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Well, well you, yourself. But anyway. <laughs> but yesterday, I put on social media. I said, do you realize that this time last year, we had only two branches? I mean, between this time last year and now, God has multiplied us. Now we have six. You see, if you don't stop to think, you won't know how much has been done, how much God has. Listen, just December last year, which is how many months ago? Five months ago, we had our end of year camp meeting in this hall. And this is second service. I, I, I don't know if you understand what I just said. It, it, and it was an achievement. Don't lie. When you came here, you were like, ah, this hall is fine. You know? <laughs> and five months after, second service, and people have to register. Listen, I'm just using the example of church to, to help you see. You know, the, the, the hymn says, it says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. It will surprise you. You will be surprised if you will learn to take stock. 
If you just learn to take stock, you know, we were looking at um, reports from deeper Abuja. Apart from the great things that have been happening, the testimonies and all of that, the healings, glory to God. We looked at the numbers and Pastor Mayawa told me something interesting. He said, the people, the number of people that, we, that came or have been coming for deeper, which is essentially midweek service in Abuja. We never saw those numbers for reboot camp in Abuja. On average, 100 more people. And, and, and honestly, I didn't know. When he said that, I said, what? 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 Listen, if you, if you don't learn to take stock, a lot of good things will pass you. And you will have legitimate reasons. Ah, oh, look at all the problems, all the things that I'm trying to do. And some of you, by the time the things you are praying for are answered, a lot of wonderful moments would have passed you by. Have you seen people who transfer aggression? Have you seen people in a relationship you have to remind, I'm not your ex, so. No, <laughs> not be me, do I'm hard. Do you understand? Why are you treating me like this? Some people transfer aggression. Because of one thing that went wrong, they jeopardize all other things. Jeopardize all other relationships. They must be in their feelings. Just, just dwell on all that is going wrong. Take stock. It will surprise you what the Lord has done. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 7. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 7 says, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let anything miss you. The deeds for which he, he is to be praised, list them out. Thank him. Has it ever happened to you that there were things you were taking for granted and then you almost lost them? Or maybe you were sick briefly and there are some things that were very common to you. I remember the time I hurt this fat little guy here, this my thumb. That's when I knew how very necessary to button shirt problem, to hold spoon problem. I said, ah, guy, I appreciate you. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's some things you would never really appreciate until, you know, bad example, but I want to give you. There was this guy in our room, in 100 level, we were four in the room, and he would always fart. I took excuse, don't worry. I'm heading somewhere. He will always fart and we tell him, it got to a point, the moment we perceive, we just say, oh, go out. <laughs> no need to ask who. <laughs> go out, you know. Then one day we went to church and someone shared testimony. I want to thank God for the past four years. I've not been able to fart, but I've, I'm farting now. You know, now, first and foremost, as funny as that is, you now stop to think that that's a problem the people who have that problem. But on the flip side, huh, we didn't hear what from that guy, you know. <laughs> the next time in the room, he farts like this. You just say, people are praying to. <laughs> <There are people. laughs> Not everybody can do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
want your blessings. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. One more time, reasons to be thankful because he is God, which is big enough reason. But a deeper dimension because he is good. But there is yet another dimension that we have to talk about. And that is reflected in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And this is so important. You see, your walk with God will not be balanced until you learn this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It says, in everything. This time around, not because God is good. For the good and the bad. In everything, give thanks. It says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You see, I've told you this before, that in Christ is not just a message to believe, but an example to emulate. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So by the sacrifice of Christ in redemption, we learn something. The Bible says of him, it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the shame. Endured the shame. So by the example of Christ, we know that for every soul that is committed to God, we always win at the end. And that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So in Christ, our perspective of thankfulness has changed. We know that no matter what we go through in the immediate, we always win at the end. And that takes us into a deeper dimension of consecration and thankfulness. Like Paul, we can say, I know whom I've believed. I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to his hands. Paul said that knowing fully well all the trials he was going to face, I know whom I've believed. He's able to keep that which I have committed to his hands. You know, for someone who is a peacemaker like myself, you might consider it a paradox that I really enjoy fighting sports. My wife cannot understand it. <laughs> I really like fighting sports. You know, and some of you, you follow just because some of the champions are Nigerians now. I'm talking about the UFC. And there was, there was this fight that happened recently between Kamaru Usman and Masdevo. Kamaru had fought Masdevo twice before. And there's a strategy in fighting. When you're fighting someone who is significantly bigger than you, you either keep safe distance and just strike when you have the opportunity, when he's staggering or something, or you stay close. Because when you are very close, he cannot swing in full strength, right? But then, when you're fighting someone that you have more power than, uh, more knockout power than, you know, or similar knockout power to, you know, you can just, in fact, you can risk taking some of the punches so that you can counter punch and outbox him. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is just lessons you never use in real life. <laughs> but it's headed, I'm headed somewhere. So Mas Duval had fought Kamaru Usman. And Kamaru Usman never tried to knock him out. So he just assumed Kamaru Usman did not have knockout power. So his strategy was, for the third time, I will just outbox him. I will just take his punches and punch better. That was his strategy. But then 
<laughs> Something he never saw coming. He never really tasted the power. And then the young man took his lights out. Took his spirit out. In vintage Mortal Kombat fashion. Sure, you get, you know. Gen Z's are like, ah, you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyways. You wear your diapers there. Anyway, just playing. Anyway, okay. Let me move on. But here is the point. You know, just the mentality. Imagine going into a fight saying, this is my strategy. I will take his punches because his punches can't do much to me. Just that mentality. Even though his assessment, all right, he underestimated Kamara Usman's power. But that mentality is very interesting. And that's the kind of mentality we should have in life. Masdeval had an underestimation of Kamaru Usman's power, but we, we don't have an underestimation. We have a proper, accurate estimation of the devil's power. And you know what the Bible says? It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist. So, listen, you have to understand, the devil is a spirit. He cannot train and get better like Kamaru Usman. So, the same way he has been, is the same way he is now. And God says, if you resist him, he will run away. So that's an estimation of how powerful he is. So we know what to do. And now, a risk analysis has been done to all the threats you will ever face in your future. And then God says to you, he that is born of God has overcome the world. That's like you're entering into a match saying he can't knock me out. So, well, if the devil threw his best shot, I will still not fall. He that is born of God has overcome the world. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's a mentality in fights. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. So now this changes the perspective from that petty perspective of Christianity. Oh, I don't want bad things to happen. You begin to talk like Paul and say, what can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Shall tribulation or destroy or nakedness, peril or sword? In all these things, meaning in spite of all these things, in spite of the challenges I'm experiencing in my career, the challenges with my finances, in fact, the people I'm still believing God for, for healing, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. In all these things, in all these things, you can't be a champion without a fight. It only makes you stronger. It makes you better. With this mentality, the things that kill others will make you stronger. So now it turns out that when we pray, many times God's priority is not the problem. His priority is us. The goal of prayer is not just what it can do for us, but what it does in us. And so when you're reading Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, you now have to pay attention, more attention to what he's saying. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, you know what the Bible says? It says, be careful for nothing. Listen, ay, 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 ay. his priority is not the problem as legitimate as it is. His priority is you, your anxiety, your care. Why are you petrified? Be anxious for nothing. He says, 
God in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So the normal man will only give thanks when good things happen. But you, as you are making your request, you're already thankful. Did you hear that? Even as you're making your request. So you don't have to wait till all the boxes are ticked to be happy, to smile. So when people look at you, you don't dress like what you're going through. You don't look like what you're going through. You know, you know, you know two years ago, a pastor called me to tell me some of the things he was going through. Then I told him just two things, you know, that had happened. You know, and then he says, ah, you are very strong. That was what he said. I said, I know. <laughs> with supplication and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What did he say will happen? Verse 7. Verse 7. He says, and the, and the peace of God. Some of you are waiting for the response of God, the answer of God, the turnaround of God. But sometimes he responds with peace. Let me tell you this. When you are growing, you will think it's a problem that your boat is sinking and Jesus is sleeping. When they woke Jesus up, what was his response? Ah, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Peace be still. So he was coping with their immaturity. If they mature, they will know, ah, both sink, that Jesus is inside. I will just go and sleep beside him. <laughs> Hold him like this. Cover duvet. Use duvet. Cover both, both sink with Jesus inside. They, they, they ought to have known. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The problem is you're trying to tell the storm, peace, be still. But you have no peace and you are not still. <laughs> it starts with you, your own anxiety. So the prophet, you know, is with his protege. And he, the protege is saying, we're surrounded. They're coming for us. And then the prophet seems unperturbed. And then he eventually decides to pray. And he doesn't pray, oh God, do something about the problem. Instead, he says, God, touch his eyes. Open his eyes to see that there are more with us than are with them. Sometimes in the problem, what you need to see is what you have. And who you have. And so he says, and the peace of God that does what? Passes all understanding. Listen, listen. If you are at peace when everything is going right, that's not the peace that passes understanding. The peace that passes all understanding is when everything seems, going, seems to be going south and you are still at peace. It makes no sense to the human mind. Why is there a smile on your face? Come on. How come the things that are destroying others are making you stronger? How come? He says the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Prayer helps us possess our souls. It takes care of the fretfulness, of the fear, of the cares. God wants to deal with you before he deals with the things around you. What a consciousness to have. Hallelujah. Look at that text again from verse 6. 
it says, be careful for nothing. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Listen, for some of you, this is a profound instruction. It's as if I know the kind of week you've had. You've received all kinds of news. And God is telling you, be careful. for not. In everything, including the ones you are going through, give thanks. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I want to give you a few minutes. Just give him thanks right now. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Worship him and thank him. Worship him and thank him. You can trust him with your life. Thank him for his goodness. Zamande rabati vakrato vonde shetere mahaya. You have been faithful All my life You have been so So good With every breath That I am able I will sing Of the goodness Of God I will sing of the goodness of God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We can rely on you. You are proactive. You are gyra. Ah, sometimes we get caught up in the immediate. Because we can just see few feet from, from where we stand. But you are the same yesterday, today, forever. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. You declare the end from the beginning. Lord, for every time we looked and because of our limited knowledge, we were not as grateful as we should have been. We repent this morning. We repent this morning. And we thank you that we always win. Ha. For this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. We have overcome the world. Yes, in this world we have tribulations. But we are of good cheer because we have overcome the world. We know it and we boast in it. Thank you, Father. Your word says, but God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able to bear? For every challenge around us right now, we can take it. <laughs> we are greater than it. Oh, we thank you. Because when all is said and done, we will still be standing. Our faith will still be intact. Our gratitude will still be intact. And we will tell these stories to our children. We will tell them of your loving kindness. We will instruct them. By the precedence of our lives. Not to remove the ancient landmarks. 
We would have created landmarks and an example, a legacy, a legacy of gratitude. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Give the Lord a shout of praise. I want to give you 20 seconds. Just shout and rejoice. Give the Lord a shout. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.